This is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Turn to the folks who've been in the game since 1947. Farm Bureau Health Plans offers the great health care coverage you need with a price tag you can afford. With Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith. We're glad to have you with us as the first week of Veterans Departed is winding up. They have been gone for a week now. The rookies are finishing up their week where they've Sort of been on tour a little bit around town. They have. We've seen the Titans rookies pop up all over the place at libraries, at football camps. They've kind of done a tour of Nashville just to get familiar with the city. There's been a lot of stuff. They've been around. All right. So they are getting out of town now, and we are fully into downtime. Everybody is back by July 27th, I think. Correct. Okay. So five weeks. Yep. Some big news, though, where it concerns the Titans and that is where it concerns the Oilers. Amy Adams Strunk, Titans controlling owner, has been pushing the NFL for years to be able to wear an alternate helmet so that you could have a full, as you like to say, outfit mm-hmm. with it an alternate outfit. uniform. The NFL has approved that for 2022. So if the Titans want to wear a complete Oilers look for an Oilers day, they will be able to do that not this season but next season – She was one of the driving forces behind that, and it has happened. Yeah, and this was something that has been very important to her because she has said that she likes the idea of an Oilers throwback. She wants to commemorate that history, but you've got to have the helmet. It's not a proper throwback without the oil derrick helmet. It's just not. It's not the same. So now that the league has approved that, it is something, as you said, that she has really been pushing over the last couple years. To finally have that approved is exciting, not for 2021, but maybe 2022 and beyond. So in 2009, we wore the Oilers original uniform ensemble look for the 50th anniversary of the AFL. And it was the light blue helmet with the white Derek. And some people really liked it. I was not phenomenally crazy about the look. I hope that as we go to this next year, if she decides to go forward, we will go with the white helmet with the, I guess it was a red oil Derek. Right. And then they had the, you know, the white jerseys and the light blue pants. I thought that was a good look. Those were the Oilers to me. I wasn't old enough to remember the early AFL Oilers. But you're right. It wouldn't have looked right with if you're still wearing a Titans helmet. Right. It, it just wouldn't have had the complete vibe. And I think if we know anything about Amy Adams-Strunk, it's that she wants to do it all the way and she wants to do it correct. So I think that for something like that that has so much history attached to it and fans get so passionate about it, let's wait until everything is approved, everything can be the way it needs to be, and then we can rock and roll. This was not something we would have ever thought possible 23 years ago because the name thing was so controversial. Mr. Adams initially said, we're going to move to Tennessee and we're going to change the name. And then he started pulling back on that because he saw what happened when the Browns went to Baltimore. The history of the Browns stayed behind in Cleveland. And the Cleveland Browns of now, another generation of Browns, got that history. The idea of leaving the Oilers' history in Houston for somebody else to be able to pick up that history, 
that crushed Mr. Adams. Right. I mean, absolutely crushed him. He started the AFL with Lamar Hunt. He started the Oilers. The Oilers were his baby. He never really wanted to leave. They didn't give him any choice financially, and that's probably a podcast for a different story. But the thought of somebody else taking his history just absolutely crushed him. And so I don't know that he was going back on saying that he was going to change the name, but it was a huge issue. I sat in a meeting. They took us to see the marketing people my first week on the job. Mm -hmm. And I was a talk show host before that for nine years, and they said, hey, as you come in, you kind of have a unique perspective. What do you hear from the people? I said, what I hear from the people is we better change the name. That's what they say overwhelmingly, that there is no chance they're accepting us if we stay the Tennessee Oilers. And one of the guys on the committee who's, who's no longer with us, unfortunately, good person, talented guy, he said, yeah, let's, let's talk about another issue. I said, there is no other issue to the fan base. And it, and it got a little nasty over club sandwiches <laughs> um, because he didn't understand what I was hearing I didn't need a focus group. I mean, I, I talk to people all the time, and they're like, look, I'm never going to support that franchise unless they change the name. And when he finally announced he would do it, and when we finally went forward, we announced the name change on a Saturday. And Tennessee fans remember the Saturday because it was the same Saturday during the Vols National Championship year where Clint Sterner fumbled at the end of the Tennessee-Arkansas game, Tennessee went on to win the game. So it was sort of a historic day, and it was very much overshadowed in the paper the next day because of how Tennessee ended up winning this football game. Right. So we made this announcement in what is now parking lot M, right outside the stadium, and I introduced Mr. Adams, and he announced we were going to be the Titans. And there was no social media reaction because there was no social media. Yeah. So the reaction would have come that night on the news, the next day in the paper, whatever. Well, Tennessee wins this game in the rain that spurs them on to be national champions. And it totally took away our thunder. So no one's talking about well, it. Well, I mean, had Tennessee won 42-7, to the, the name would have been the headline. But instead, it was about the Vols. And so at that point, the reaction to Titans was, eh, but – this was true. The reaction to anything Oilers was bad. Well, now we've got a generation behind us. People are like, hey, that Oilers stuff is cool. Right. I can pull out my Oilers stuff occasionally now. And, you know, if I wore something Oilers to the grocery store, somebody would say, that's really cool, you know. But I have a whole bunch of Oilers stuff that I saved because I liked it and I was proud to have worked for the Tennessee Oilers because I knew what that meant to Mr. Adams. But the issue was it was such a negative connotation, and yet 23 years later, now people are excited that we're going to have a chance to have a throwback helmet and be the Oilers for a game. It is very interesting how being removed from that uh, immediate history, I guess, being a little bit a generation removed from that changes perspective. But also, we are living in a time right now where throwbacks are all the rage. Mm -hmm. You see throwbacks and reunions of TV shows Mm -hmm. and remakes of movies. And, like, this is kind of the era we're in. So to be able to capitalize on that and have the Tennessee Titans highlighting their history and their roots is so cool. And to have this new generation of Titans fans be so excited about that part of the history, because 
listen, there are so many young Titans fans who don't remember the Houston Oilers, the Tennessee Oilers, right. any of that. It was before their time. And um, to have them embracing that, those roots, really cool. Well, I think it's smart from maybe Adam Strunk's perspective. She reads the room. And that is, it's time now. Yep. Now we can do this. We're not insulting anybody. Nobody's going to get upset. But I mean, in 1998, it was a hot button. I mean, the minute we got the first Titans gear, you know, that's what you were supposed to have on all the time. I went to a meeting. It was a Monday night in December. And the folks from the NFL were there. We went to the Lowe's Vanderbilt Plaza, and we were in a conference room. And they gave us all the stuff to take out to unveil the logo. And it was like we were part of the CIA or, you know, a secret mission because we unveiled the logo simultaneously in multiple markets the next day. And so I had in my trunk some of the first Titans hats, some of the first Titans t-shirts, and people initially liked it. They thought, well, that's cool because it wasn't the Oilers. Right. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, that's great. The controversy initially was people like the secondary logo better than the fireball, the, the sword. sword. And so as we got into that and got heavy into that discussion, there was some talk about do we want to change this? And the league, I think, quite wisely said, no, with what we've got in production now for a period of time, we're going to stick with the fireball and – the sword will just be the secondary logo. And now I can't imagine it not being the fireball. How did the fireball come to be? Who landed on that? How was that created? Is there a story the around that? If there's a story, I was not privy to that. What I know is, like with the name stuff, one of the things that they thought is, at one point, is we would be the Tennessee Thunder. That was a name they liked. They liked the alliteration. They liked all of that. There was the Garth Brooks. Of course, Garth Brooks is coming to Nissan Stadium July 31st. But Garth Brooks had the song The Thunder Rolls. Yeah. And there was this thought that they could be envisioned as sort of, you know, it was a, a whole nebulous was a whole weather thing. pattern. Yeah. But they had given thunder to the Berlin Thunder in NFL Europe. Interesting. And so there were questions about licensing and trademark and confusion the most popular names were snakes mm. the copperheads was popular and a guy in tri-cities produced a whole literal outfit logo thing he was a graphic designer and he owned it which was problematic because the league as you know does not share no no. So the fact that he had trademarked it all, he was like, well, I'll give it to you if you, and they're like, we don't do if you. Right. You give it to us. Or, <laughs> well, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's ours or it's Well, they not. weren't going there. They weren't going to get into some sort of litigation. There was also talk about like the rattlesnakes or the rattlers or whatever. But here's what they found. People hate snakes. That's it. Oh. That, uh, so the most popular names were the snake names. The most unpopular names were the snake names. So that eliminated the snakes. Interesting. Yeah, there was a whole thing with that. Now, Pioneers was another name. Mr. Adams liked Pioneers. Ugh. The league was not crazy about it. Nobody in our office was crazy about it because, A, it's not real tough. Here come the Pioneers. I mean, it just didn't. And the other part of it, too, is it sounded way too much like volunteers. For those of us who had a Tennessee background, we're like, 
man, you do not want to get in their space. And, yeah. And you got to realize, Tennessee at that point, they were 45-5. and five. I mean, they were rolling in everything. And so the, the thing you didn't want to do is you, you did not want to get in their space. I don't know how far that went. I just heard about it like ninth hand. Yeah. Which is how it worked for me at that time being a new employee. Titans was the compromise to all of it. And Mr. Adams liked Titans because it had been an original AFL name. Huh. The New York Jets were the New York Titans initially. Yeah. And so they asked the Jets to relinquish the name, and the Jets relinquished the name with the understanding that in throwback situations they could be the New York Titans, which they have done at different points. One time actually against us in 2009. That's petty. Well, what was funny in 2009 is I was originally directed that when I called that game where we played the Jets, that I was supposed to call the Jets the Titans, and I was supposed to call the Titans the Oilers because we were both in our throwback uniforms. No chance. I said absolutely not because I said there is no way I'm doing that to our audience because, as you know, radio is not a terribly visual medium. It's 0% visual, yes. it turns out. Yeah. Yes. There's no way for you well, to just get imagine, your bearings. You're driving. And you're listening to Titans Radio. And I said, oh, you know, touchdown Titans. And you think, oh. Hey, we did it. Chris Johnson has scored or Vince Young has scored or whatever. And then you're like, what? Yeah. Mark who? Mark Sanchez? What? Who? Yeah. He plays for the Jets. You would have been totally confused. But that's what they – they wanted us to carry it out that far. And I said, absolutely not. I'm not doing that. I'm I'm all for history. I'm all for throwbacks. But for our audience – this won't work. New. Wow. Yeah, there's no way you could have pulled that off. That, uh, yeah, no. That's Not on the inter- radio. Yeah, and that's an interesting, did the TV do it? Do you know? I don't know. Interesting. I don't know the answer to that. But I know we sure didn't do it on radio, and my colleagues with other teams did not do it either. Yeah. That's just too hard. You can't change a team name, but especially. But that's somebody in a room thinking, wouldn't this be a great idea? And not thinking about the practical part of it. Right. From the standpoint of how it would affect a listener and, and somebody following along. A lot of broadcast confusion with that. But it's it's interesting that someone even thought that would be a good idea, given that you're basically, you're not just using their throwback name. You're using the name of the other right. team. Right. Like, it's different if they wanted to be called the Cubs, you know, because that was their throwback name. Right. So then you have, like, the Cubs and the Oilers. That's confusing, but, like, maybe someone could figure it out. But if the team playing the Titans now wants to be called the Titans, that's like if someone – if I insisted on being called Mike for the entirety of a right. program, people would think that was strange. Odd. Yeah, yes. it would be confusing. It would be odd. Uh-huh. I would not want to be called Amy. No offense, but it just would be confusing. It's a great name. It is a great name. You can spell it however you want. Very confusing. Okay, so <laughs> – when they convinced Mr. Adams that he had to change the name, the story is that Paul Tagliabue, the commissioner himself, told him, you have to change the name. Interesting. So Mr. Adams, and I think Paul Tagliabue called him Mr. He might have called him Bud, but everybody called him Mr. Adams. You have to change the name. From a marketing standpoint, all of this research shows, and what we're going to do is we're going to let you retire the history. So unlike the Browns, who had to leave their history in Cleveland for the new Browns to take over, And for the Ravens to start as like an expansion team in Baltimore, we were able to keep the history because that was how they got Mr. Adams to change the name. And that's why there's some contention in Houston. Still. Yeah. 
about who the Oilers belong to. Right. It's not the Texans. Correct. It's us. Because he knew Houston would get another team. Mr. Adams 100% understood that the moment he walked out of town, they would build somebody else another stadium. And what was so wild about it is it literally, literally cost them three to four times as much to let him walk out of town than it would have been to just build him a stadium. Wow. He and the the mayor were so sideways that they, you know, it was done really over spite. If you read the story and follow the history, it was really done just to spite him. Wow. And so that's why he had the bitterness that he did, why he wanted to beat the Texans. And, you know, now, I mean, the Texans have been around since 2002, so this will be their 20th year. They're a division rival and they're, a, you know, whatever. Now, they want to beat us. Right. We're not as... Salty. Right. I guess the rivalry now kind of comes from what's happening from season to season. Right. It's football related, not so much history and pride. And And Amy has embraced the Oilers alumni so much in doing things for them because, you know, she felt like it was time. And and she was also, to hear her say, worried that we're losing some of those gentlemen. And and we lost another alumni this week, as a matter of fact. So there, you know, if you're going to do it, you better do it now. Right. And I've been fortunate enough to go to oh, one that's of right. those alumni weekends that she had in Houston, the very first one. And man, it was incredible seeing guys get together who hadn't been in the same space for years. There were trainers and equipment guys who work for the Titans now who were part of the Oilers mm-hmm. and some staff who went down. And man, just to see everybody get together and have such a good time, it was really, really cool. It was a great event. And I mean, they went to Top Golf and there was a dinner and there were all these mixers, just creating spaces for guys to catch up. Well, and it's really been nice because they were almost the children of divorce, if you will. When we couldn't really acknowledge that Oilers past because we were trying to become the Titans. We were right. trying to shift gears. When that happened, we really couldn't do much with him. Warren Moon came here to receive his Hall of Fame ring. Right. And the applause was like for, you know, a golfer on the 15th hole of the, you know, memorial class. I mean, it was just yeah. very polite. And, and he said as much. I interviewed him later, and he said as much to me. He goes, they don't know who I am, and I don't know who they are, and – and it'll never be quite the same, but to see her embrace now and the fact that she brings those players around us in Nashville and the fan base comes to know their stories, maybe there's not the connection there was when there was a player, but there is some connection and there is some respect and it's fun. And I don't think Mr. Adams did not do that because of an oversight. I know the context of where we were at that moment as an organization. Right. And the context here, which is where your team was going to be, where they built you a stadium, where they needed to buy your tickets, the people here did not want to hear about Dan Pastorini and Ken Burrow and Elvin Bethay, and they didn't care. Yeah. They're like, that was Houston's team. This is our team. Well, now Nashville's grown up. Nashville's a big city. Nashville has its own pro teams and a history. And we've got – generational guys that are coming through our doors 
and we're we're seeing this. You know, we've we've had Javon and Steve and Eddie and Frank and all of these people. So it's like we're more confident now. Amy's more confident in it, and this can happen. So it took a while, but I think the right thing is happening. Absolutely. It feels like a bridge is being built. I was able to talk to Robert Brazil before he went into the Hall of Fame in, what was that, 2018? Mm -hmm. And he was very emotional after, because Amy had him come out to a game, and he was kind of recognized and celebrated during halftime. And he was emotional about feeling like he had a home. Right. He felt like this fan base really embraced him and this team embraced him. And he felt like he had a place to go. Well, because Amy told him to. Yeah. Not in a bad way, but because she said, hey. This is one of ours. This is one of ours. This is important to me. And she has credibility with the fan base to where they say, if it's important to Amy Adams Strunk, it's important to me. Absolutely. You know, the, the evolution of all of this is really amazing. This will be our 25th year to play in Tennessee. Wow. Memphis, Vanderbilt, and now this will be the 23rd year that we play at Nissan Stadium. And to see where it was to where it is now and the evolution of the fan base, really the evolution of the state in terms of their fandom, it's been so much fun to see the development because when we started off, you weren't exactly sure how it was going to go. This was so college and – It was very polarizing, and fortunately, we got good, fast. We had big-name college players who became stars for us. We won some big games. The venue was new and fun. Nashville was taking off at the same time. I got several friends who would come from other cities two or three times a year, and they would get a room downtown, and they and their wife would stay, and they'd get up and have brunch, and they'd be like, gosh, we love Nashville. Yeah. And, you know, we walk across the bridge, we go to the game, we, we're home by 6.30, you, you know. And, and so their experience became not the Titans experience, but the Nashville experience. And as more and more people went back, I've got a great friend in Jackson, same thing for him. You know, he would drive up with his boys the morning of the game and they would get here early enough to tailgate and they went to the Grand Ole Opry the night before or they came up and they did their Christmas shopping at Opry Mills. You know, all these sorts of things that seem silly when you talk about it, but it's sort of the evolution of of every bit of this. It feels that the Titans team organization has grown up with this Mm -hmm. city in a way that is so organic, which is not something that every team in the NFL can say. It feels as though this team fortunately hit Nashville at right the right moment where if you started growing a fan base here, little did anybody know what Nashville was going to end up becoming. And so to have this team with a homegrown fan base that will just ride with this team no matter what – And then as you bring people into the city, they also kind of adopt the Tennessee Titans. And it's grown in the same way that the city has grown. And look at the things that this team is doing now from the football standpoint with five straight winning seasons to some of the initiatives that the Titans are going to be doing in the city and the way that they're investing not only in Nissan Stadium but in the neighborhood around Nissan Stadium because this is where this city is and also where this organization is. It's such a embedded part of the Nashville experience now that that is just so cool, but it's not forced. Right. It's part of the culture here. 
And that is something that is so cool to be a part of and to see develop just for myself and then to hear even the earlier stories of how that has developed. It's it's a very unique thing to the Titans experience, and I think that that's a lot due to the Nashville experience. I think that's right. And I, I think a lot of people, you know, because we teased early on, we said if you were a Washington fan or a Dallas fan or a Pittsburgh fan, whatever, we can't get you because you've been a Washington fan or a Dallas fan or a Pittsburgh fan all your life, but we're going to get your kids. <laughs> you know, we're going to get your children. Because I didn't grow up here with the Tennessee Titans. Right. I grew up here following another national team, which if you lived in this part of the country, that's what you did. It was our help and our hindrance as we came in because, honestly, I couldn't name five people that had any opinion whatsoever of the Houston Oilers. Yeah. They were not a team we really considered. The same way we never really considered the Seattle Seahawks or the Detroit Lions or, you know, unless you moved here from one of those cities, your opinion of that was, eh. They weren't the national powerhouse, right. the, the Steelers, the Cowboys. Well, and the, the, the Dolphins, the Raiders. I mean, there were about eight. Yeah. Outside of that, everybody else was just, yeah, oh, okay, the New England Patriots, who cares? You yeah. know, I mean, because at that time, they were not a national brand in that way. So that helped because there was no negative stigma about them as a football team. But it also hurt because nobody knew anything about their history. Right. There was not the built-in part of it and – we were not a true expansion team to where we were starting from scratch. And so, I mean, we had to, we had to fight and claw early on. But I think this, you know, this moment, when we get to 2022, if Amy Adams struck, and we don't want to fully speak for her, but if she does what she said she was going to do, and, and because you can wear another helmet now, she has an Oilers getup, I think people will love it. Yeah. It will be a really cool experience because it'll bring a lot of aspects of this team, both present and past, right. on the field at one time. And if we can do it while we're kicking the snot out of, I don't know, Jacksonville, that'd be kind of fun. Well, I think it sort of completes the circle. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I still have my Oilers stuff, and I was very proud of that because they hired me. You know, they, they gave me a chance. And so if an NFL owner wanted to keep the name Oilers and he was giving me a job, I didn't care. I'd say, <laughs> say whatever you want because I didn't have a lot of NFL owners call me up and go, hey, you want a job? So right. the fact that he gave me a chance, I was for him whatever he wanted to do. Privately, though, I knew what a problem it was right. in dealing with the public. And I always thought the Oilers stuff was cool. I put it away. I did the whole vacuum out the bags because I wanted to save it yeah. and, you know, and keep it nice. And so – I'll bust out something that day. I'll bust out a little jacket or a little pullover or whatever. And here's what's funny. So in 1998, when we're the Oilers, we could still go to the stadiums. This was before September 11th, 2001, before all the security was such. So we would get up on Sunday mornings, and we would take a cab to the stadium, and we would all pile in the cab. So we're in Pittsburgh. Of course, the Oilers in Pittsburgh were old AFC Central rivals. Pittsburgh cost the Oilers two Super Bowl appearances, and so they were, they were big rivals. So we get in the cab in November 1998 wearing our Oilers gear. So it's Larry Stone, Rhett Bryan, Jeff Lyon, and Jim Curry. Jim Curry has just passed away. He was our statistician, one of the all-time great human beings ever, and Unfortunately, the fact that the stats are now handed to you momentarily, that changed all of that. And that was one of my great 
disappointments with Titans Radio is that we we couldn't keep Jim. But long story short, so Jim gets in and his Oilers stuff. And the cab driver is a huge Steeler fan, and he starts ragging us about being with the Oilers. And for some reason, someone in the car said, sir, you know you're in the presence of royalty. And the cab driver goes, what are you talking about? He says, sitting back here, and he points to Jim Curry, he goes, that is George Blanda right there. (laughs) Of course, George Blanda is in the Hall of Fame. He's best known for his later days with the Raiders, but before he was with the Raiders, he was the original quarterback (laughs) of the Oilers. Mr. Adams and staff decided he was too old at the age of 38. They let him go, and then he played nine more years, and he kicked and everything. So Jim Curry totally plays along. <gasps> that he's and, – and the cabbie totally changes expression. No. Oh, he's like, oh, sir. He goes, I'm so sorry. He goes, I, I'm just a fan. I've, I've respected your career so much. You know, I remember when you played for the Bears and then the Oilers and then the Raiders, and he goes, you know, you, you are – you're an icon. And, I mean, it's hilarious because <gasps> the guy's just going on and on. He's totally gone 180 from being the smart Alec Pittsburgher to a fan. <laughs> so he pulls us up underneath the stadium. We get out in our Oilers gear. They're Steeler fans all the way around. Again, before September 11, 2001, right. so they could get very close to the stadium, underneath the stadium, and they would wait to try to get autographs from players. Right. So the cab pulls up underneath. We get out. They see our Oilers gear, and they start just mocking us. <sighs> About that time, the cabbie jumps out, and he, this happens. He goes, hey, this is George Blanda <gasps> right here. And the Steeler fans immediately just start clapping. No. And Jim Curry is waving to them as he's walking into the stadium. He played along. It was one of the most beautiful bits I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) But I still have the Oilers jacket that I had on that day. I haven't pulled that out in 23 years. You know that cab driver tells everyone he's ever met forever. Ever. Yep. Yep. Sure he does. It's so great. That's pretty great. It's so great. Well, see, now, though, what would happen is he would pull up his phone and he would look for a he'd picture. He'd Google him. Yeah, he'd yeah. Google him, and then he would realize it was not George Bland. Yeah, you can't do that anymore. But in 1998, no such thing. Smartphones ruin everything. We barely even had a phone at that point. <laughs> oh, my God. Farm Bureau Health Plans. Let the experts at Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it. When you need great health care coverage at a price you can afford, they've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. Anything else you'd like to throw in here before we wrap up talking about uniform stuff? No, I mean, I... I'm just really excited about it, and we'll see what happens. But we all have to remember, this is a 22 thing, 22. not a 21 thing. So, And she still hasn't said for sure. She she's hasn't gonna, said anything. We don't, well, we know she was for it. She yep. came on the OTP and said she was one of the ones pushing for it. Yep. But we'll leave it to her to we're, – we're speculating, I guess. I think it was her OTP with uh, Eddie George, maybe. That's right. When she did that. So if you want to go back and check them out. She's That's great. We've to got to get out. her back on the OTP. I've got a running list, Mike Keith. And to anyone listening to the OTP right now, send me a tweet of names to put on my list because I've got a running list of names that we either need to rehab on the OTP or need to get for the first time. So if anybody has any thoughts, names they want to add to my list, tweet them to me, at Titans Amy. Next week's OTP is a nod towards July the 4th. It's a, it's a holiday weekend, and so we did something really special. We have some great stories next weekend. Larry Stone and I 
recapping the best stories from Titans Caravan, which I can promise you you've never heard. Oh, I'm sure this If is... there was ever a book that came from the Titans. Now, like if we win the Super Bowl this year, that's obviously a book. I mean, that, you know, something like that. The move, there's probably a book in there. Right, yeah. yeah they're, they're, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff like that. I can assure you, however, the real book would be The Caravan. Oh, my gosh. Especially the earlier days of The Caravan. The non-Google, non-cell phone, non-directions version of The Caravan. So when you go on The Caravan, one of the rules is whatever happens on On The the Caravan caravan stays stays on on The the caravan. Caravan. We break that rule next week. I am very excited about that. We break that that rule next week. We decided it's time. To open the vault. We opened the vault. Larry and I ended up talking for well over an hour. That's not how long the podcast is. I'm sure it's not because I'm sure Ashley Farrell had to cut (laughs) some of it. If some of the stories that I'm hoping were told are actually on there, you do not want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. This is quality. I mean, if you're driving to Grandma's house next weekend – You'll, you'll want the Titans caravan stories because some of your favorite Titans are involved. There are some funny, funny stuff that went on and some heartwarming stuff and, and the fan base. The greatest caravan story I've heard recently was Ramon Foster, who's on the radio in Nashville on 104.5, saying that one of his teachers took him on the caravan in Ripley to meet Javon Curse, and it was literally a life-changing experience for him, that it was – it was motivating that he met one of his heroes and he said, I can do this. And then, you know, he went on to play for Tennessee and then he played 11 years in the NFL. And I've heard two or three of those stories lately from people, a couple of them not as well known as Ramon, but that's what we were going for with Titans Caravan. And it worked. And we got it. We got a lot more in the process. Yeah. Oh, Mike, this is going to be good. I'm excited. I haven't heard this yet. I know you guys recorded it a couple of days ago. I'm so excited. Yeah, that's next week. So for Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith. Thanks for listening to the OTP. Where the legends go, everybody knows it's our house. Fighting for Tennessee, making history. Greatness is meant to be ours now. Hey, we got Titan blood running through our veins.